Hi again, everybody. Moms and dads, boys and girls, welcome to The Chatter. This is episode number... 81. 81. And we have guests from just north of Atlanta with us today, the Willits and the Rosary Army, and we're going to meet them right after we begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, we're almost gracious, gracious Virgin Mary, Mary that, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What, what do I have? No, that's not feedback. We just have echoes in our ear. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's extra without yeah. any. Feedback is an entirely other thing, Colleen. Oh, yeah. see, what I what do I know about radio? <laughs> well, you do know something about Mr. Augustine's party coming up in April. Yes, the life dinner. And he keeps saying, Tom, you could mention it. And we keep mentioning it. And he says, more, more. <laughs> we mention it every single show. I hope all our listeners are going. What is it, Friday, April 21? Mm-hmm. Yep. Over at the Grand River Grand Center. Mm-hmm. Grand yeah. River Center. And such a nice group of people. You will not find uh-huh. a nicer group of people than the pro-lifers in this area. Dubuque County Right to Life with Dr. Lyle mm-hmm. will be Friday, April 21st. Get your tickets. Call Augustine personally since he keeps calling us. 563-556-5960 is the phone number for Dubuque County Right to Life. So we've got an extended studio guest, Greg and Jennifer Willits. They're over north of of Atlanta, down in Georgia Way. And I discovered them on YouTube quite a while. They have the Rosary Army. And I don't think, Mark, you haven't seen the Rosary Army? I mean, no. Well, you're going I to. Do. You're <laughs> going to. Since I do the Rosary every day, I, I should be on that list, right? Say hi to Greg and Jennifer. Hi there. How you doing hey, today? Good to, Thanks for good having to, us on your program. Yeah, good to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Yes. So, Greg, I understand this is your 20th anniversary of the Rosary Army and uh, affiliated platoons. You've got other things going on over in, in Georgia. <laughs> Start out, how did you get started 20 years ago? It, it was all God. Uh, it really was an amazing thing. To uh, Summer of 2002, I went to confession one day. And walked into the confessional. There was no line. And so the priest was trying to pass the time waiting for someone to show up. And he was sitting in that confessional with this single knotted chaplet. And I remember seeing that rope. And it was really thick. It was like parachute rope. It was, it's thicker than the kinds of rosaries that we make with Rosary Army. But I remember seeing it for that split second before I started pouring my soul out to him. And uh, it got filed away to the back of my head. I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And yeah. I didn't think about anything about it again for about two months. And at the time, I was working in the IT industry, and uh, I was sitting in my cube at work a couple months later, and literally out of nowhere, I remembered that rosary and just had this overwhelming compulsion that I needed to learn how to make one. Hmm. And at the time, didn't really have any sort of craftiness to me. I've always liked to draw and and paint that kind of stuff and write, but nothing tactile. I never was an arts and crafts kind of guy. But that afternoon after work, I went to every single arts and crafts store within 20 miles of my job trying to find number 36 nylon twine. And I couldn't find it (laughs) no matter where I went. 
But I found some really, really ugly macrame cord. If you remember macrame, you know, you used to oh yeah, we do the walls and all that kind of stuff. And I, it's not very pleasant when you make the knots and when you look at it up close. But I, I, I got, I got some macrame cord and I went home and I had this print, these printed instructions that I found online. No pictures. I need pictures. And then, and I, I sat down and I fought with this and I think I fought with it for several hours and I finally got. One knot and then two knots, and I finally got a decade, and then I finally ended up with probably the ugliest rosary that you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life, but I was absolutely hooked and started making these things. I finally got some good twine, started making them, and just, again, that compulsion. Give them away. Don't, don't ask. Just find someone. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and, and give, give the rosaries away. And now, that again, that when I started making them, that, that was in September of 2002. And if you remember, the very next month, uh -oh. John Paul uh -oh. II unexpectedly declared the year of the rosary, released mm -hmm. Rosarium Virginis Mariae, added the luminous mysteries to the rosary, and I, the connection it it was it, to this day still startles me, of the providential timing of it all, and how I started making them that one month, and then the next month we had the year of the rosary. Over the course of the next several months, my obsession just grew. I, I literally would be standing in line at the grocery stores. This before cell phones and before we, you had phones to look at all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'd be at, in line at the bank, in line at the grocery store. We'd go out to eat with the kids. I, I'd make a rosary wherever we went. We Shortly after I started making these, we went to the beach. And we're walking down the beach, and I should have been looking at the sunset and the water. Instead, I had 20 feet of twine dangling in the air as I was making these <laughs> rosaries. I just couldn't stop doing it. And then uh, come about March of 2003... And Jennifer and I were preparing to make our total consecration to Jesus through Mary, according to St. Louis Marie de Montfort. And that same week that, that I was supposed to make my consecration, I went on a retreat where I was, I was a volunteer. for It was a teen retreat. And I was asked to give a talk about Pope John Paul II and the rosary. And I told them basically everything I just told you. And the realization, you know, in September, I'm making these rosaries, and I thought it was all about me. I'm doing this all myself. And all of a sudden, John Paul II made that declaration. And then I had this this realization that the rosary really is something that the entire world needs. It's something that we all should be taking into our lives and making a part of our lives. And and I never said this phrase before. I never had this thought before I gave the talk. And it was a completely spontaneous thing. And I told these teens, I said, all of a sudden I realized it's not just me, but it's like I was a part of an army for God. And then right after that, I taught those teens how to make these rosaries, these all twine knotted rosaries. There's a whole bunch of knots instead of instead of beads. And Gave them all a piece of twine, and throughout the weekend, they kept working on their rosaries, trying to finish them. And whenever one of these kids would finish the rosary, they kept coming up to me and show me their finished rosary, and they'd say, look, I'm in the Army now. Look, I'm in the Army now. And that really uh, just, you know, all those months I was giving them away, but that not, the night I got home from that retreat, we registered rosaryarmy.com online, put a form there, said, if you want a free rosary, send us the form, print it out, mail it to us. And we'll pay for the postage to get it back to you, and we'll send you a rosary. And we've been doing that for 20 years. The motto is make them, pray them, give them away. And we've taught countless thousands of people how to make these. If you've seen these knotted rosaries at college campuses and mm -hmm. these groups and everything, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a high likelihood that they learn how to make them from Rosary Army's website. And as a result of that, millions of rosaries have been given away as a result of the work of Rosary Army and the people that have learned how to make them uh, through this apostolate. And then that was just the start of it. But that was the that was the impetus, that was the beginning, and we had no idea of all of the different ways and areas of evangelization that Jesus and Mary were going to bring us uh, in the in the 20 years that followed in, in ways that we never could have written that script. Wow. So you've given, so you've millions, given millions of these rosaries away in the last 20 years. 20 years.
So it's either, when I say millions of rosaries have been given away, it's a core component of Rosary Army's ministry. Make them, pray them, give them away. So we'll give people one rosary, one free ultra-wide knotted rosary. But every rosary that we give away not only has the rosary and instructions on how to pray it, but there's a piece of scrap twine in there and instructions on how to make them. And so we hope that people will take it and start playing with it a little bit, figure out how to make one or two knots on that piece of twine, and then make that decision themselves that they want to learn how to make them. And it's from them that countless thousands of others have, have been given away. We have so many that of these people that we tell them, learn how to make these, give them to all your friends, all your family, give them away to everyone that you run into. And when you've run out of people and you have stacks of rosaries because you get addicted to making them, send them to Rosary Army. And then that, that goes into our supply of what we distribute. And so it's either b both the rosaries that we send out one at a time directly from Rosary Army or the rosaries that people have made as a result of learning from us. This sounds like a heavenly, a heavenly pyramid scheme. <laughs> well, it's the only pyramid scheme that I want to be a part of. Then that's awesome, and it's I love how well, it's you're getting them involved and. I mean, this is bigger than Tupperware. It is bigger than Tupperware, Amway, and all those things. But this is the great. I'm on your The difference is between us and Tupperware is that uh, our product will will truly last forever, whereas <laughs> Tupperware won't. <laughs> Yeah, a few times through the microwave, we found that out. So. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Our rosaries can get stained with spaghetti sauce as well, though. That I, we, we have found that. As I was listening, Greg, I was thinking this guy has no more fingerprints left. He's used all of the macrame cord, and, and he, can't, he can't have his fingerprints going on. Yeah, you do get calluses on places on your finger that you didn't know that you could get calluses. <laughs> I bet. I'm on your website right now, and I do see Rosary Army. There's the free rosary where people can contact you. There's a Pray the Rosary tab um, telling people how to pray the rosary and the scriptural rosary, audio rosaries, and then make rosaries, another tab, how to make the all-twine knotted rosaries, rosary-making supplies, and donate your rosaries. So this is really, I love this little niche you've got in the rosary, in Mary's army, maybe I should say. Lots of people are involved with the rosary in different ways, but I love the niche that you have of making these twine rosaries. That's awesome. Yeah, we've been very blessed by this. So do you find that the uh, college kids or the high school kids, or who, who loves these rosaries the most, the twine rosaries? Well, I can tell you what I've seen is that it is very popular with um, the youth. They tend to get right behind it, more so like teens and up. Um, I think it's not that it's impossible for a young person to make them. It is a little challenging. A lot of eye-hand coordination is sort of necessary to sort of muscle through about 20 feet of twine and to have that kind of coordination. So it, it tends to skew more towards the high schoolers and up. But really, it's anyone who just has a desire. I mean, we have heard of men around um, like in their 50s or like old firefighters or, I mean just people from all walks of life who never envisioned themselves making them before but there's something about the simplicity and of the task it's quiet you can it's portable you can take twine in your pocket and be standing someplace when you're waiting and you can just quietly make a rosary and watch how people around you notice you and what you're doing and oftentimes it invites conversation because people can't quite figure out the knot making process and where it will lead. And, and when you do that, you suddenly have an opportunity to evangelize your faith. And all you were doing was standing there silently making a rosary.
That's and awesome. suddenly you can have a conversation and you can spread joy and love. And maybe if the conversation lasts long enough, you can actually complete the rosary and then give it to that individual. <laughs> and that's certainly happened before. Um, it's just a wonderful thing to, to witness. And I'd also like to point out that at the time that we started Rosary Army nearly 20 years ago, I think it's interesting to tell you that we personally did not even have a serious devotion to the rosary mm. ourselves, mm. which kind of surprises me. Like, why were we chosen for this? You would think that it would have been someone who already had a devotion, who was already praying it daily. That was not Greg and myself. We were young family, already had a few kids, and it was very busy, very loud, and we were just more focused on just trying to be a good Catholic family and being good Catholic parents. And then there was this thing about the rosary that was sort of happening on the side. And we just felt like, yes, this is good. Let's keep doing this. I don't know where it's going, but I like it. <laughs> and, and we were just all in. We didn't question it, but we didn't even fully understand the treasure trove of what we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. That would come later in time. Mm -hmm. um, but I love how God equips those that he calls rather than calling you know, well, the opposite of that phrase. Yeah. Like whether they're waiting for the person to be fully equipped and then calling them. No, he yeah. will call you exactly where you are. And I just love that. Well, Greg told us how he got involved. Jennifer, how did you get started with the making the rosaries? Well, at first I was silently watching my husband go through this journey of craft. And I thought, well, good for him. Okay. I have no desire to play <laughs> with string. I don't, I don't even know why you would want to make a rosy, but okay. I mean, it's like a great little hobby. You go, Greg. Mm -hmm. I was just sort of encouraging him off to the side. Um, but then I saw that this was becoming something and there was real joy attached to this. And while I didn't feel personally called, um, I did have skills that I would later be able to lend over in this direction towards the formation of Rosary Army because of my background in work. Before I became, you know, Catholic wife and mother, I worked in law firms in the past and I had a lot of accounting background in my past. And I started to recognize very quickly that what my husband was doing was kind of creating what could be a nonprofit organization. And that was something I'd actually seen in my career before marrying him. And I thought, you know what? I could probably form this. I, I think I know what to do to get this off the ground. And this is an area that my husband would not have been talented in because that's not his forte, but it was mine. And so I brought in like this administrative sort of layer to the formation of Rosary Army so that it could be discoverable. It could have a website that he would then build. and. Quickly, my husband and I realized that we kind of completed each other. He had one set of skills that I didn't, and I had the other that he didn't. And together, it was a very, very effective team effort on launching the very beginning of Rosary Army. And just sort of being open all the time to where this could lead. But we never forced it. We simply stayed where we were, making one rosary at a time, and we tried to allow this thing that we didn't even know what it was yet to just sort of breathe and grow in its own pace in its own time mm. and because we didn't force it in any particular direction it had a very um, humble and authentic sort of existence and identity in its own right and we were just sort of going along with it and then it just grew and then we found the the opportunity to sort of create an audio version of the rosary prayers which was sort of ahead of its time i mean greg you can talk about the years of when we 
made actual you know audio recordings of the rosary files there was not a lot of competition back then we were we came into the scene before it became fully saturated with catholic content which is more of what we see today but at the time no one was doing this so we didn't have a lot of competition we got a lot of downloads very quickly and now that our stuff has been up there for nearly 20 years it gets a lot of well that does well on the algorithm i think most people know that there is an algorithm out there on google and seo and so rosary army has benefited greatly just from the sheer amount of time that it's been in place and that has always uh, helped us to spread our message but i've always been more of the administrative side and eventually my heart would come into this ministry and i began to become more intrigued with the blessed mother i didn't fully understand her and that took me a while to sort of go through this journey of okay well who is she and how do i relate to her i just didn't know how to do any of that because i am a convert into the catholic faith i was not a cradle catholic like my husband and so i had to sort of go through this process of growing and that takes time i couldn't achieve that overnight so over the course of uh, many years i have just grown more and more in love with the blessed mother and with this prayer and in doing my little part to help sharing uh, the news of this ministry with people eventually i did learn how to make it and it was a big deal that mm -hmm. first time it was very mm -hmm. nerve-wracking and i didn't know how i was going to do it or how long it was going to take me and by then greg could whip out a rosary in about 18 minutes <laughs> he mm. was very fast mm. took me about an hour to make 13. you oh my I'm record sorry. my record was minutes. 13 minutes you know i have to um, say i i don't want to be stereotypical but if someone told me that the, this couple the two of you were involved with this apostolate and which one was the crafter and which one was the administrator <laughs> business mind yeah. i would have him be yeah. the opposite exactly <laughs> Our guests are Jennifer and Greg Willett. We're at the end of segment one, and we usually just go for a break. But, Jennifer, this time we're going to do something different. Would you lead us in a Hail Mary in a foreign language? <laughs> My pleasure. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis, peccatoribus nunc, et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Um, yeah. You're listening oh. to The Chatter. We'll be right back after these announcements on FM 98.3 KCRD. Hi again, everybody. You're back listening to The Chatter Podcast. It lives forever on the mobile app. KCRD is the keyword, and you can get us online at kcrd-fm.org. And if you're close enough to this blazing metropolis, Dubuque, you can hear us on FM 98.3 KCRD. Our guests are the Roman Legion Rosary Army. We have the uh, Field Marshal's Willets on the line. Greg and Jennifer, north of, of uh, Atlanta. What a story, Colleen. We were talking a little bit on the break about how their Rosary Army grew in some unexpected ways and directions. So... Um, could you guys share a little bit with the audience uh, about how the Rosary Army grew? I, I think one of the the key ways that Rosary Army has been very blessed is we started with the all twine knotted rosaries, but in 2004, a new technology started to make whispers on the internet. And at that time, again, I was working in the IT industry. I'd been there for about 10 years or so. 
so even though I have a, a creative side to me, uh, the technical side uh, plays plays a part in my life as well. And at that time, I, I heard about something called a podcast, which wasn't even on Apple uh, iPods yet. You had to manually download these things and move them to whatever MP3 player you're using. And there were no Catholic organizations using this technology yet. And again, you know, we're, here we're celebrating 20 years of Rosary Army in March of this year. And it's 18 years ago that Rosary Army uh, has the distinguished honor of being the very first Catholic organization ever to launch a podcast. Hmm, and when we launched it, we like like it was when we started making the rosaries and we put the website online, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> no one knew <laughs> what a podcast was in March of 2005. And the people that were making them barely knew what they were. And so we had really cheap little microphones. We started recording things, putting it out online into the ether. And at first it, it was purely for what I thought was going to be the people that were making the rosaries. And so I was making a little audio recording saying, well, we're kind of short on purple rosaries right now, rosary makers. So if you have any extra purple, send them in. And, and again, not knowing what we were doing. But then at that time, uh, the same time, you know, March of 2005, Pope John Paul II got sick. And so what handful of Catholic podcasters were out there, we all did shows uh, in honor of Pope John Paul II. There were some pro-life issues going on. You might remember the story of Terry Schiavo 20 years ago at this mm, time. Mm -hmm. And we all did uh, podcasts about that. We all were trying to figure out how do we interview people. You know, the technology just wasn't there to easily hook up our phones to recording equipment. So I was making regular trips to Radio Shack, which is, that's not even around anymore, to find <laughs> different types of equipment to try to get our landline phone recording onto a, a literal cassette drive, and then later on figuring out how to I transfer the cassette recording over to a computer. It was crazy. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what podcasting was 18 years ago. But the great thing is, is we started doing it, and then a few months later, uh, Apple did add podcasts to iTunes. And when people would go on to it and they would search for Catholic, Rosary Army Catholic Podcast was the first show that popped up in their feeds. Nice. And it it people started listening and it moved from us talking about just the things with Rosary Army and it began became a family show where Jennifer and I went through I got laid off from my IT job at the time. So we podcasted about how difficult it was to be a young family now unemployed and what do we do and trusting God and and looking for God's will and his direction. And then we experienced our first miscarriage and we mm. podcasted about that and shared the difficulty of losing that child. And what happened that was amazing was we started getting emails from complete strangers from around the world saying that listening to our show sounded like they were listening to themselves talk mm. and they own, their own experiences of what they were going through in life. And so we just kept pushing forward with the podcast and it grew in popularity. We ended up banding together with a lot of early Catholic podcasters at that time, formed a, a podcasting network called SQPN, which is still going to this day. We're, we're not involved with it directly, but we're so pleased to see how well um, they're doing uh, these days, including a podcast that's hosted by Jimmy Aiken from Catholic Answers. And, you know, it just it's it, so many amazing things have happened. And then um, our podcast got the attention of the Archdiocese of New York, which runs the Catholic channel for Sirius XM. And they ended up asking Jennifer and I to uh, fly up to New York for an audition, and they ended up hiring us. And so for four years, we ended up hosting a daily radio show, three hours a day, five days a week, on Sirius XM's The Catholic Channel. It's called The Catholics Next Door. 
And mm. all these things we tie directly to that consecration to Jesus through Mary that we made. And in the middle of all this, another website that we formed was totalconsecration.com to encourage other people to make that consecration so that they could go to work for, for Jesus through Mary and let Mary guide them in the way that they're going to serve our Lord. And, and honestly, everything that we've done, the formation of Rosary Army, starting the podcast and going on to the radio show, when the radio show ended, I ended up getting hired by the Archdiocese of Denver to run their Office of Evangelization and Family Life Ministries. After that, I ended up being hired by our Sunday visitors, their editorial director, for a few years. I mean, just on and on and on, so many things where I was immensely unqualified for these things, but God made it possible for us to do these things. And then it, that eventually brought us back five years ago, and us realizing all along was Rosary Army. Rosary Army was there in the beginning of this entire Catholic ministry apostolate work that we've done. And that really is where our heart lies, and that's where we feel that Mary's going to do the most work through us. And so, so many things and, and so many other untold stories in the middle of that books having been written, other podcasts launched, early YouTube experiences, and a video series that was ahead of its time. So many different things that we never could have planned. Uh, that, that it's just been amazing to watch how God continually pulls a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of just people that want to do well but don't really know what they're doing, and yet he makes it successful. And he makes, he makes other people desire the faith uh, through the, these efforts of what we do. Mm -hmm. And so... Even when we don't want to do it, even when we feel immensely unqualified to do it, even when uh, we just don't understand why someone would want to watch our YouTube channel or, or listen to the podcast or read the books or anything that we've done, it doesn't matter because we constantly hear from people that say, it sounds like I hear myself in your stories, mm -hmm. and it helps me to be encouraged to keep pushing forward even though I'm a sinner, even though I struggle, even though I don't know what God wants of me, I know God has a purpose for me, and you help us to want to keep keep going forward and discovering what that is. Mm -hmm. I like the connection with the rosary and the consecration um, that you all did. Uh, did you do the St. Louis de Montfort's? Yeah, and, and, and totalconsecration.com is one of the efforts that we've done to promote St. Louis Marie de Montfort's uh, works in particular. And the latest thing that we're working on, talking about De Montfort, is uh, a website called schoolofmary.com. It's still in, in process, but there's a sign-up form right now. So if anyone wants to go on to schoolofmary.com and get on the waiting list, we're building out, up an online learning platform and community. Because so many people go through total consecration, particularly the St. Louis de Marie de Montfort ones. And the language is several hundred years old. And they go through it and they start reading words like slavery and just, you know, they start thinking really uh, re repressive things because our vocabulary is so different than it was in his time. Mm -hmm. And we want people not to feel alone in going through his work because it's so life-changing, it's so joyful, it's so important in today's world. We, we see all the things that are happening, and the truth is we all need to consecrate ourselves to Jesus through Mary, and that's what's going to help us get through all of these difficult times right now. But yes, the, the long answer to your question is it is based off of St. Louis Marie de Montfort, and we're building even more resources. We're actually actively recording a whole new video series right now that is going through the prayers of preparation, the 33 days, day by day by day. I think, what are we on, day 29 or 30 of our recordings, and then we're recording uh, complimentary reflections and commentary that will go along with it. And then there's going to be an online uh, community forum so that when you're going through this and you get to a day and you're feeling stuck and you don't have anyone to talk to, you have people on the School of Mary 
com community who will be there with you. And so that's something very exciting that we've been working very, very diligently to put all this together, to raise the funding, to make it happen. And, you know, it, it, this is one of those things where we don't have all the pieces. We don't have all the money. We don't have all of the uh, answers to all these things. But it is it's never uh, stops um, um, just absolutely amazing us how we keep moving forward and Jesus and Mary pick up the slack. We, we say all the time, particularly in these last five years, that we live on loaves and fishes, that when we feel like we just have the bare minimum, that's, that we still have everything that we need and oftentimes and more. And so building up this School of Mary, building up these De Montforcian uh, resources, it's very near and dear to our hearts. We've seen how drastically uh, our, our lives have been transformed and changed and have impacted other people's lives. And so we truly uh, want other people to experience those, that same kind of transformation because that's how we build up the kingdom of God here on earth. Mm-hmm. And we, we couldn't agree more. Here at Aquinas Communications, we have been running the consecration to Jesus through Mary almost nonstop. Um, in fact, we're almost at the end of our current consecration, which will finish on the Feast of the Annunciation. Well, <clears throat> truth be known, we were running two consecrations simultaneous, Colleen. However that happened, I don't know. <laughs> and then the next one will start April 10th. So it's almost a nonstop consecration because all of us here have done it and have felt the power of that in our lives. And so we couldn't agree with you more. Um, how important it is to consecrate ourselves to Jesus through Mary, and we particularly like the St. Louis de Montfort method. Regardless well, then, of the you, old you, English. Yeah, yeah I think, I think you'll, you'd love uh, what we've already created at TotalConsecration.com, which is a part of Rosary Army, and then what's, what's going to be created uh, in the next few months at SchoolofMary.com. It's all based off of uh, St. Louis, uh, Louis Marie de Montfort's teachings, uh, there's several other of his works that we plan on building some courses to as well. I don't know if you're familiar, for example, of Love of Eternal Wisdom, which he himself uh, considered to be his most important work, and it's what points to true devotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, true devotion is the work that he's best known for, but it's not necessarily the most important work. And the, the Love of Eternal Wisdom is all about, well, Jesus is the eternal wisdom, and so how do we acquire that eternal wisdom? How do we acquire Jesus and have Jesus in our lives, and how do we more fruitfully share Jesus? And, and he wraps it up at the end as in very Louis de Montfort style, he gives all sorts of explanations and lots of detail at the very beginning. At the end, he goes, "Well, you just need to go to Mary, and she'll make it happen." You know, so it's like <laughs> at the end, at the end, it all boils down to consecrate yourself, and and all these things that I just said will will and more will happen in your life. Yeah, we'll have to put that totalconsecration.com link up on our website, and um and then the we'll have to keep our eyes out for the schoolofmary.com site when that's ready to go. So is Jennifer still there, Greg? Or is she, she, <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. She's making dinner. <laughs> nope. Good. Tell me about what it's like being down south. You've got to be close to the Bible Belt or right in the Bible Belt. What does standing in line, putting together a knotted rosary, starting the evangelization, what, what are some of the stories going on down in Georgia? Well, for one thing, um, I would like to say that the weather is lovely <laughs> down here. It's, I, I feel 
I feel for you guys being up and where the memo has not uh, actually reached you that spring has started. Um, we, we are feeling it, so it is good. Um, although we are getting a little bit of some, some cold air, which is typical for northern Georgia, which is the section of the state where we are, feel very blessed to live in. Our, our son and daughter-in-law live in Cedar Rapids, and so oh, we, we get really? regular uh, weather Updates. reports from them. <laughs> oh. so, it's hard for us to wrap our brains around the fact that someone is seeing snow right now like we just can't imagine snow on the ground at all because uh, it's just a uh, very sunny and very cool and crisp in all the right ways um, but yes we are very much in a very conservative area i would have to say now that's not always the case like i think the closer you get to the major city of atlanta politics definitely tend to change um, but in the section of the state we are it's very conservative and lots of christian families um, kind of abound in this area. But our experience has been so varied because we've lived in, in other air, other parts of the state. And so we really picked up on how it changes. You can go 20 miles in one direction and feel like you're in a very different place politically. <laughs> and, um, and, and sort of with, even within the context of your faith, you'll experience lots of other faiths and more of the Protestant-based faiths that have maybe not necessarily the most uh, friendly attitude toward you know catholics um i think greg you have a pretty funny story about going to one catholic well it wasn't no, even no. a catholic bookstore yeah. it was a christian bookstore because mm -hmm. yeah. 20 years ago i think that was all we had and there was like a chain it was a very famous chain I, and of i won't bookstores. i won't say the name of the chain just so that we none just of us, in case none of us know. get sued but right. um <laughs> I will just say it rhymes with Schmeifmay. Um oh. but, 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 but I forgot about that. Going, I, I went into this Christian bookstore, and it was at a time where we were rediscovering our Catholic faith, and so it's probably closer to 25 years ago. And I, I basically was consuming any book that had Jesus on the cover, and without without discerning it, mm -hmm. and went into a, a local Christian bookstore, and I was looking around, and I, I went up to the counter finally. I said, "Do you have any books on Catholicism?" And the woman behind the counter said, "For or against it." <laughs> I said, four? Choose your and weapons. She, she said, she said, you're going to have to go to another store for that. The one, the one uh, book they had on Catholicism was how to convert your Catholic friends. And I'm like, convert them to what? It's like, what, 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 we're the wow. original We have faith. the fullness we, of the truth. We what gave you your Bible. What are you talking about? And, and, and in a weird way, that actually set fire underneath me because, you know, when, when we're, when we're asked hard questions that we don't know the answers to, if we actually do the work and go look for the answers uh, we might not only be surprised but we might be transformed and, that, and so that's one of our hopes you know anytime i run into I, one of my best friends is, is a is a protestant and and he and i have been trying to convert each other for 15 years now but <laughs> you know and uh I, I think that that it's actually been a great training ground for us to be able to share our faith because we have been challenged and uh there have been times where i didn't have the answers and i had to go and find uh, the answers and so the, the the Bible Belt it's definitely still in existence and you'll get into certain you'll get you get around to certain people like our daughter goes to a, a vocal voice lessons and her teacher is very 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 fundamentalist and our daughter will want to go in there and she'll choose the song that she wants to sing as the Ave Maria or something like that and, and, well, and I, I might have you know told her why don't you just sing not not the Ave Maria, but to sing the Salve, oh, Salve Regina, Regina yeah. there in go. Latin yeah. to your Baptist uh, vocal coach. Yeah, yeah. You, let's see how that goes. And, and, I mean, and so <laughs> suddenly, suddenly our fourteen-year-old is evangelizing her teacher. You know, it's like you, you take these opportunities when you get them. 
Jennifer, I heard that squeal of a laugh there. You really enjoyed giving that suggestion, didn't you? <laughs> I did because our daughter, Lily, she's our only girl. She's 14 and loves her Catholic faith. She is so happy and joyful with this, and she has no qualms at all on casually bringing up a question in a casual conversation that could be an entryway into talking about faith. And she does this on her own. It's almost like she's got Catholic parents who talk about Catholicism <laughs> all the time. And it just rubbed off on her. The other day, we literally just went to get her haircut at a local salon. And her hair, uh, hair salon stylist was very worldly looking, you know, blue hair, you know, super punk rock. And you know, just had a real edge to her with her styling and her fashion, but super friendly woman. This is the first time I'm hearing the story, by oh, the yeah. way. I don't know where this is going. Oh, mm. yeah. And so Lily, being super happy and chatty, uh, was just talking about what she gave up for Lent. And because that's where we are right now in our faith. And what's interesting is, even if you're not Catholic, how Lent still permeates the culture, even though the culture may not really understand the tenets of what is Lent exactly, you know, and so mm -hmm. it, it still gets on their radar. Mm -hmm. And so the hairstylist was like, oh, you gave up, you know, sugar for Lent? Well, that's wonderful. My husband gave up beer for Lent. And so because she said that, my daughter took that as an invitation, like, oh, well, then surely you must know something about the Catholic life. And so she went on to the next question, like, oh, so you're Catholic. And the stylist was like, oh, no, <laughs> we're, we're not Catholic. I just, you know, we, we just give it up because we know that's the season we're in and it's for health reasons. And so Lily didn't know where to go with that, but she just kind of simmered down a little bit in her enthusiasm for the conversation. But she thought, oh, OK, well. Well, um, let me just go ahead and, and give you some more information. Like, did you know that on Sundays, if you want, because it's like a little feast day, you you can be reprieved of your Lenten sacrifice? And the woman at the hairstyles was like, oh, you mean on Sundays? My husband could drink beer? Oh, he's going to be so happy. I learn something every day when I do this work. And she was so excited. But, you know, all this came out of a child who just wanted to say, well, what are you doing for Lent? And it gets Lent in the conversation mm -hmm. and giving things up in the conversation mm -hmm. and people who are worldly may not even realize the why but they know there's something there because we're hardwired for this stuff mm -hmm. that's how god made us you know mm -hmm. is we feel this need to participate in a thing of giving up and we don't know why i just find that very fascinating that catholicism is in the culture, whether well, they can admit it or not. Non-Catholics now consider it not Lent, but it's Mark Wahlberg's 40-day oh, challenge. Oh, the 40-day yeah, yeah. challenges. I've heard about this. Yeah. I've heard about this. It's fine. Jennifer, we're up against break number two. We're, uh, we're talking to those crazy Rosary Army guys out of, out of Georgia, Jennifer and Greg Willits. And we'll be right back after this break on The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. Hi, everybody. We're back in the studios with Mark Hager and Colleen Pasnick. Our guests are the Rosary Army out of North Georgia. Mark, before we go back to Greg and Jennifer Willits, you've got an interesting conversation going on over at the chapel. Yeah, uh, we got this uh, email this morning, and uh, I'll just read the email to you. So it's from uh, David, 
and he said, My sister tasked me with praying for a family friend with stage 4 metastatic cancer in the lung through the intercession of Blessed Solanus Casey. Wow. Over the past several weeks, I prayed the novena while at Masses and while in the Adoration Chapel, leaving prayer intention notes in the urn. The person called my sister Friday to report that the doctor was amazed how his treatment worked so well he was absolutely free and clear of all cancer. Oh, my goodness. My sister's intention has been to document and submit information for Solanus Casey's cause for sainthood. Wow. My that wife. is awesome. He said, my final question is, is it possible for me to go through those uh, intentions that I left in the urn so that we could pull out all these that mention uh, Jim McGee and his uh, my devotion to Solanus, Solanus Casey through that work. And I thought, that is, I mean, here you go. I mean, this leading to, because he's, so I looked up Solanus Casey today. And so he was born in Wisconsin. Was he from Wisconsin? Yeah. I didn't know that. And he's already had, Pope John Paul II uh, has one miracle that he's already attributed to this. And it was a cure for cancer for this woman that prayed with him. So, so if you, you're over at chapel and you see this gentleman rummaging through the prayer intention <laughs> urn, leave him alone. Yeah, exactly. But I thought, man, what a... He's not the FBI. I tell you. I mean, the, the power awesome. of prayer, it goes back to the rosary, the, the venias, and, and, you know, everything that we've been doing. And that stuff. is an awesome story. Praise God. Thank you. And yeah. I just got that email today. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I was wondering, as you were you were talking the past couple segments, just about you mentioned that you've got three kids, two boys and a girl. We just had our actually five kids. We have we, five. We, oh, five. Yeah, I'm have, sorry, have, I missed four, that. Four boys and a daughter. Four boys and a girl. Okay, very good. That just happened during the break. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, you know, we're Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was wondering as you were talking because we just had our conference last week, and the subject was, you know, the nuns. Not the religious women, but the people that check none when it's when they're asked about their faith. And so many people have kids and family members that have left the faith. And I'm just wondering how did how did the rosary impact your kids over the past twenty years and their faith journey? can you can you speak to that? Wow, there's, I think, a lot of wonderful things that have occurred in this home that we've been very fortunate and blessed um, to cooperate with. And mainly that was allowing Rosary Army to sort of uh, transform our home um, and the kids could see it. I mean, our children grew up seeing rosaries, you know, real exterior signs of our faith were always visible to them. Uh, We never hid it from our children we invited them to this and when we uh, got a little further along with managing rosary army and we wanted to become get a little more serious with praying a family rosary you know that's quite a challenging thing when you've got um, maybe the oldest child at the age of like four or five years old and they're running around and it's 
um, really noisy and you can't get, even get them to sit still for a decade, you know. And so we've been through all those challenging levels and then just sort of fighting through it. And sometimes we would jokingly refer to it as Rosary Army wrestling um, <laughs> because we felt like we were wrestling our children into submission to just sit still for five minutes, mm -hmm. you know, so we can please pray this. Um, but we wouldn't give up and we never gave up on going to mass. That was a non-negotiable in our family, always taking our children to Sunday mass giving them access to the sacraments was critical to keeping our kids very Catholic. So your we, kids we were young? Uh, were they young when again? you start? Were your kids young when you started the Rosary Army? Well, there was always a little one, it yeah. seemed. I was okay. always pregnant and nursing or something okay. during the formation mm -hmm. of Rosary Army. Our, but, thir our third child, who is uh, studying mechanical engineering at Benedictine College, he was six months old when I started making the rosaries. Okay. And, um, you know, so, so, and the, so the other two were four and six maybe around yeah. then the one the one who's married now um he's and then the the other one's getting married later this year so our two oldest ones they've grown up with it they don't remember mm -hmm. not having this around mm -hmm. uh, i i tell the story uh and we told it just this week on on our podcast we still do a podcast this one's called adventures and imperfect living um and we do both video that's on you on rosie army's youtube channel as well as you can look up adventures and imperfect living wherever you get your podcasts but we talked about exactly this story of how do we get these kids to keep praying the rosary and about i think it was in 2010 we were on a road trip and we were driving through ohio and uh we had the honor of going over and having dinner at patrick madrid's house patrick madrid well-known catholic apologist mm -hmm. and writer and he's radio host and the madrids have about 10 kids and <laughs> Patrick himself is from a family of uh, a lot of kids as well. And we were going through some extended family issues at the time and seeing, you know, nieces and nephews and even my siblings falling away from the faith and asking, Patrick, are, you know, are all your siblings still Catholic? He says, they are. And I said, mm -hmm. what about your kids? And they're all still Catholic. And I said, what do you attribute that to? And he said, daily rosary. Hmm. And, you know, I think he actually said family rosary. He did. Uh, but, yeah. you know, when, when we left the their house and we all prayed a rosary together that night in their living room when we got home we were very energized and we tried to you know pray the daily rosary with our kids and we did really well for a while and then just one excuse happened and then another and then something else and then we kind of fell out of doing it on a regular basis and i think i think one of the things that i wish that i had uh known back then was yes it's important to pray with your kids but your kids sometimes so little um, that they might fall asleep or they are going to make it difficult. But you, you pray your rosary every day. You make sure you get yours in. It's wonderful. It's so important. Father Peyton was absolutely correct. The family that prays together stays together. It's important to keep trying to make that happen. But what I wish I hadn't was, oh, the kids are upset or the kids are, you know, two disobedience nights. So we're not going to get a rosary. And so I didn't pray my rosary mm -hmm. and allowed that to be an excuse. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not. And so I, I really think that if you are listening and you're wanting to keep your kids Catholic or you have kids that have fallen away, don't put the conditional on someone else that they have to be a part of your rosary. You pray the rosary. You make sure you get it in. Another thing that uh, in the early days of Rosary Army, there was a, a book that I read from the Marian Movement of Priests, and Father Gobi had written in this and said that to parents, whenever you finish a rosary, at the end of your rosary, say this prayer. 
with this rosary, I bind all of my children to the immaculate heart of Mary. And every rosary that we've prayed since, that's how Jennifer and I finish our rosaries. Mm. And when we get into a situation now with 25 and 23 and 20 and 18 and 14 year olds at different places in their faith lives. And we see one of them and we're like, I kind of wish that one would go to mass with a little bit more fervor, you know, leave the, leave the house, not five minutes before mass, maybe, maybe 20 would be, Mm -hmm. but, but they're going that I just have to go marry for 20 years, 18 years, 22 years, 25 years, however many years, we've been binding that child to your immaculate heart. Mm. Care for that child. Mm. And she will. Mm -hmm. She will. But it starts with you praying your rosary today. Mm -hmm. That's good insight. What about some of the other stories of feedback? There must be some people that you've given these rosaries, hundreds of thousands, approaching millions on that. that, that, Well, from time to time... um, People will actually send in like written letters. Remember those, you know, like yeah. you would actually get a pen and yeah. actual paper yeah. and a long form handwrite, you know, mm-hmm. your thoughts and expressions. Yeah. And yeah. I remember receiving this one letter. It came in with the mail that um, was mixed in with our request for those free rosaries that we were giving away. So I just assumed in this envelope was going to be another request for a rosary. And it was I was expecting to find a particular form. Uh, instead, I, you know, unfolded what was like a three or four page letter written in in long form. And I thought, well, what is this? And it was Dear Rosary Army, you know, and that's just Greg and myself, really, we're the only ones who run this organization. So there's nobody else this could be too. But this gentleman from England proceeded to tell me how he found Rosary Army and what it meant to him in his life and how it contributed to making the biggest difference and in, in bringing him back to the faith because he had started to drift away. And his story included lots more details, but it was beautiful and it was from his heart. And it reminded me of he's not the only one who said this similar message. For some reason, Rosary Army has been there when people were searching because of a situation that was stressful in their life, whether they felt alone, whether they felt like they just couldn't sleep or they had a terrible situation at work and they just felt stressed out and they were looking for an answer, looking for some peace. And I don't know how they stumbled on Rosary Army, but that's usually what happens. And then they start looking around the side and then they realize, oh, well, I can get this one rosary for free. Let me do that. And then it becomes the beginning of a connection. It starts with the rosary, but then they they become connected to us somehow, whether they'll email us or they'll receive our newsletters and then they'll dialogue with us. And then a community starts to form and then they hear about our podcast and then they know who we are and they can tell that Greg and I are real people We have flaws, we're not perfect, but we're striving, we're working hard, that we're trying to take our Catholic faith very seriously and be as reverent as possible. And so now they're not alone. They have a couple of companions in their life. And somehow Rosary Army has always been at the middle of all of this. And recently we received 
a wonderful communication from a well-known, uh, she's been following Rosario for many years, listening to many of our podcasts. She's been a donor. She's you know yeah. sent emails, and she actually sent us a voicemail just last week. And, and again, we played this on our on our podcast this week. And she was talking, but Rosie Army also has a mobile app that you can uh, get for iPhones and your Google phones as well uh, with dedicated rosary prayers on it. And she wrote to tell, or she, she sent the voicemail to tell us that she's been using this uh, app for some years now, but she was praying with the free audio rosaries on Rosie Army's website probably for the, since the very beginning, 18 years ago, 20 years ago, when we first put them on the website. Her father um, was not doing well, and he was dealing with some dementia. And Jennifer's mother just died in December after several years of dealing with dementia. Hmm. And so we talked about that a lot on our podcast. And so she said, like your, like Jennifer's mom, um, her dad was was losing his ability to you know keep focused and everything else. And but the rosary was something he always still held on to, and he couldn't pray with women's voices very well, uh, this this listener Tammy told us. But he could listen to our podcast, or to our audio rosaries, and she was playing them over the last couple of weeks for him. And right up to last week, she was playing them for him. And he, was, he would start picking up and praying right along. Mm-hmm. And she prayed the rosary with him using our audio just last week. And then later on in the, in the night, used it again. <laughs> Because she said that she wouldn't have been able to to lead the rosary herself because she was too emotional. And her father died that night. Hmm. And hmm. one of the last things that he heard was the audio rosaries from Rosary Army. Hmm. And so it's things like that that we could never have written that script. We could mm-hmm. never have made that plan. Mm-hmm. That we we show up and we are called not to pull up all the fruit and make all the fruit actually grow. We're basically called to go out into a field with a handful of seed and toss it. And mm-hmm. it's going to go into the hard dirt and to the good soil and to the thorny areas. And you don't know where it's going to sprout up. Mm-hmm. And time and again with Rosier, I mean, it's just been a matter of throw the seeds out into the world and see where the fruit springs up. Mm-hmm. And it does. And it continually does. And mm-hmm. so in that case, and, and please pray for Tammy's father. And, and we have, you know, we've started to build up our list of uh, church triumphant members of Rosary Army mm-hmm. over these years, of the people who have been a part of this. A diehard rosary maker, she used to make three rosaries a day. She died probably about 10 plus years ago, named Joyce out of Missouri. Joyce is one of our soldiers in heaven. Naomi from Florida, who died uh, in the last decade as well, she's one of those. And even just in this last year, some of your listeners may have heard of Father Dana Christensen from South Dakota, who had... Uh, fallen prey to Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, mm. and his decline was sudden, and he had to retire from the priesthood, and he died uh, last year in 2022. But before he died, he and I were trading emails, and, and we had developed a friendship with him over the years. And he's the first one and, and the only one who I said, Father, I know that you're preparing to go uh, meet God face-to-face. I, I want to ask you, will you please, when you um, make your way through purgatory and into heaven, assuming you have to go to purgatory, will you please pray and intercede for Rosary Army while you're there? And uh, having this very holy priest 
make that commitment that that he would do that. We have there's several others. There's a, a podcaster who started podcasting. She used to listen to Rosie Army. She just died in January. We heard from her husband, Deacon Tom and D Fox. They used to host a show called Catholic Vitamins, and D passed away in in January. All these people that we've developed this community without even trying. It's people like Jennifer said. People just are drawn to it, and they feel a part of this. They feel like they are a part of Rosary Army. They start making, praying, and giving them away, or they're listening to the podcast, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they just, they feel they feel God calling them somewhere, and they're finding a pathway in some of the resources that they're finding on our website. Mm-hmm. Our guest is Greg Willits and his bride of many years, Jennifer, on their 20th anniversary of the Rosary Army. We've got 60 seconds left, Greg, Jennifer. What's the next five years look like for Rosary Army? Well, School of Mary, our goal right now is to get more people to learn about the devotion of total consecration. You've already got the rosary. It's time to consecrate. Just move you on down. That's the next step. <laughs> Just to pray your rosary every day, consecrate. Give Jesus us give us those social media contacts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all yeah. those again. Well, best thing is go to our websites. Uh, go to schoolofmary.com to get on that waiting list, rosaryarmy.com. You can find all of our things, and youtube.com slash rosaryarmy. Plus, you can go to gregandjennifer.com for all of our other podcasts. There's All those things are out there right now, and you can download and listen to your heart's content. This is episode number 881, Colleen. I know. And uh, we're out of time, but while we have Jennifer and Greg... Lead us in a uh, uh, Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be to close out the show, please. In nomine Patria, Filii, et Spiritui Sancti. Amen. Pater Nostra, quies in Celi, Sanctificator, nom tuum. Fiat voluntus tuo, excuse me, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntus tuo, sicut in Celo et in Terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et demiti nobis debiti nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, Et ne nos inducas in tentationem. Sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena. Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis, peccatoribus nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto. Sicut ad in principio, et nunc en semper, et in secula saculorum. Amen. Amen. Nomine Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto. Amen. Greg and Jennifer Willits are the Rosary Army. Tune in again next week for the chatter. We love you.